We began a few weeks ago talking on this subject of focus, and we're going to continue that today as we look at the life of David. So would you take your Bibles and go to the book of Psalms, chapter 51. And as you're doing that, let me say hello to all of our campuses today. My name is Eddie Couples. I'm the lead pastor for Love and Truth Church. And we are excited week in and week out as we hear what God is doing at every location of Love and Truth Church. I know you've already had a time of worship today. Now let's get ready to receive what God would say to us through His Word. Over the past few weeks, we've been looking at this whole aspect, and we've been looking at David's life, of what focus does. We started off talking about how that in the very beginning, when we find David, David's a shepherd boy, and what we see about David's life is, is that he's willing to focus. And as, as he's focusing, uh, the first week we talked about that focus uh, brought enthusiasm into his life, focus brought skill into his life, uh, focus actually promoted him uh, because he stayed focused, he stayed on task uh, with basically two things I talked about, uh, that he, he got really good with a slingshot and really good with a guitar. Uh, you really don't have to have a whole lot in your repertoire uh, to see God promote you and move you forward. And so we, we talked about what happened. The second week, we talked about perception, how that when he showed up and there's Goliath out there, everybody else is seeing defeat. Everybody else is seeing destruction. Everybody's looking at David's life and saying, uh, you know, he's a nobody. He's never been to battle. But David said, I fought the lion. I fought the bear. And that same God that was with me there is with me here. Uh, see, when you understand understand that it doesn't matter what everybody else sees you as. It only matters how God sees you. That really is the difference. And so we talked about that week, how that David began to focus in and saw some things, and we saw what God did through his life. But the third week, uh, we kind of jumped ahead a little bit, and we saw David kind of begin to lose focus. The Word of God says in 2 Samuel, it says that when it was time for kings to go to battle, David stayed at home. And while he's at home, he gets his attention on the wrong things. He sees Bathsheba. Uh, he ha has lust in his heart. He sends for her. He commits adultery. That adultery leads to murder. And we talked about how that when you lose your focus, you begin to pursue secondary objectives. How, how that your life begins to be about the temporary instead of about the eternal. I want to challenge you today. Let me just say this as we move forward. Get your eyes off of the temporary and get your eyes on the eternal. David didn't do that. David was called a man after God's own heart, but David got his eyes on the now instead of looking to the future. Last week, though, uh, we, we, we even dug down a little bit more. In fact, last week was kind of a two-seatbelt week, wasn't it? It was kind of like, really need to buckle up this week because we talked about the consequences of losing focus. We talked about how uh, that, that Nathan the prophet showed up in David's life and told him a story. And that story was, uh, hey, there's a shepherd that has one sheep. There's a mighty a landowner that has thousands of sheep. And, and Nathan says, uh, but the guy has a guest come in that has all these sheep. And instead of him taking one of his many sheep, he goes next door and takes the one sheep and he kills him and, and kills the sheep and offers it. And David David gets angry. David gets mad. And he said, well, who's, who is that? Bring him in here. I'm going to take care of him. And the Word of God says, Nathan looks at David and says, you're the man. You're the one who's, who does this. And that's kind of where we left David last week. And I know a lot of you were, were afraid David was never going to get saved. So we're going to get him saved again today, all right? Now, now here's the Today we're going to talk about refocusing, all right? We're, we're, we've, we've been talking about focus. Here's, I got some good news for you. You ready for some good news? We all lose our focus. Look at your neighbor and say, you're guilty. Come on, you've been wanting to tell them that for years. I mean, at a whole level of things you've been wanting to tell them that about, all right? 
They're guilty. We all lose our focus. We all, we all kind of get, uh, you know, we mean to do right. We mean to keep going. We mean to have, but, but we lose our focus. We get sidetracked. We start wandering around, and, and uh, we, we, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus on my marriage. I'm going to focus on my family. I'm going to focus on my business. I'm going to focus on college or school, whatever. But, you know, it lasts for a week. It lasts for a month. Sometimes we get a whole year in, and then we get sidetracked. We forget. Uh, you know, I was, I was really going to sell out to God. I was really going to do great things, and so, so we miss out. The good news though number one is everybody's guilty number two good news is even though I've lost focus I can get focus all right and so today I'm going to read to you out of Psalm 51 which is David's prayer after that Nathan confronts him and says you're the man the Bible says that David goes to the temple and he begins to pray now I'm going to read several verses today uh, so either get your Bible out or whatever you have the Word of God on or look at the screens because we're going to read together it says have mercy on me O God according to your unfailing love according to your great compassion blot out my transgressions man I've, I've had to pray that I don't know about you wash away all all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin for I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me now watch what he says against you you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you are proved right when you speak and justified when you judge David said when God judges there's a reason for it surely I've been a sinner from birth sinful from the time my mother conceived me surely you desire truth in the inner parts. You teach me wisdom in the inmost place. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sin and blot out my iniquity. Now watch. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit in me. Do not cast me away from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Last verse. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. What a prayer. I'm, I'm going to tell you, if you ever find yourself in a place of needing to pray a prayer of repentance, that's a great place to go. Because David is at that point. Here's, here's what's, what David is doing. David is acknowledging his transgression. I mean, did, did you hear what he said? He said, Lord, it's against you and you only that I've sinned. Now, we, we said, well, I sinned against this one. I said, you know, he could have said, I sinned against Bathsheba. I mean, I think if you were to ask Uriah the Hittite, he would say he'd sinned against him. Right? Come on. Remember, he killed. had him killed. I mean, that's, that's a, but David says, no, no, no. When I begin to look at all of this, I've, only, I've really sinned against God. See, in our transgressions, our transgression may involve somebody else, but the sin of that moment is against God. And, and so as we look at this today, I'm going to focus in the first part of this message today, I'm going to focus on the spiritual dynamics of our life. Because here's what I believe. I believe in your life that I don't care how good you've got everything else, if you are messed up spiritually, you're in trouble. If, if the spiritual aspect of your life is turned upside down for any reason, let, let, let's say you're here today and, and, you know, your business is doing great, your, your career is going well, your family's doing good, but you're not walking in relationship with Jesus Christ or you've never made the Lord your Savior or, or maybe you did but now you've walked away and He's become, you know, the 15th priority of life. I want to tell you today, if that's where you are, then this first part of this message is to you to help you to refocus 
and to get to that place where God wants you to be. So I'm going to give you three things that we refocus on spiritually, and then I'm going to give you some specific things and how we, how we live this out uh, day in and day out. David says there in the 10th verse, watch what he says. He says in the first part of that, he says, create in me a pure heart, O God. Now remember what the scripture says about David. Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says David was a man after God's own what? Heart. David is saying, Lord, create in me a clean heart, a pure heart. Now, now watch this. First of all, let me say this to you. This will help some of you. In your life, you can't make yourself have a pure heart. Read that word. Create. He's saying, God, if you don't show up and do something that only you can do, it's never going to happen for me. God's the only creator. All that we do is take some stuff God's got. We say, well, he created that. No, he took some stuff God already put together, and they used it. You know, she found something and, and worked it out and said, this is a creation. No, no, God had already placed it. God is the only true creator. So when, when I'm in a place of sin, when I'm in a place my life is not right, I have to go to God and say, God, do a creative work in me. Start something that I can't do. And so David prays that. But David talks about his heart. Now, if his heart, if he was a man after God's own heart, here's, here's the first thing you've got to understand when, when you're refocusing. You've got to, number one, refocus your purpose. All right? David's purpose was to be a man after God's own heart. You have a purpose in life. Everybody look at me a second. You were created, the Bible says, in the image and in the likeness of God Almighty right? How many of you believe God has a purpose? I, I mean, there's no doubt, right? Well, if I'm created in the image and in the likeness of God Almighty, then I have a purpose. Our problem is, is that we, we lose that purpose. I mean, we, we start off, I mean, think about it. We start off in marriage, and we gotta, we're going to have a great marriage. We're going to have a wonderful family. But, but then all of a sudden, after a few years, that purpose kind of, you know, we get used to one another. Come on, don't look so guilty. <laughs> right? And it's like now it's, it's all about i got to get the kids to soccer practice. And i got to do this. I gotta, and we lose the purpose for marriage. We, we get saved, and, and, and again, we get saved wanting to do something for Jesus to make a real difference, and after we've done that for a while, then it just becomes routine. Well, oh, i got to go to church again. I got, uh, you know, I need. No, no, no. There, there's a purpose in what we're called to do. You started off in business. Maybe you started, you started a great business, and, and the first few years, you were so excited. And then, maybe something happened. Maybe the economy turned wrong or whatever, and, and all of a sudden, it's a drudgery. And, and now, the only reason you're still in business is to make money. Let me help you. If the only reason you're in business is to make money, you've lost your purpose. Why? Because the purpose, let, hear me what I'm going to say, the purpose of any business is to bring a service to somebody else. That's the purpose. Now, the benefit is I get to make a living. I get to be blessed. I get, but, but the purpose is, boy, it's quiet. I thought I was working 40 hours a week. No, no, no. The purpose, I don't care if it's making widgets or, or you're a professional. It, it doesn't matter. The purpose is to provide a service for somebody else. Well, that, that's what it's about. And, and yet we, we lose that purpose. We, we think, well, it's about getting up and, you know, punching the clock. No, no, no. It's about making a difference. 
It's about making a difference in somebody else's life. And so, so I've, I've got to come to that place where I refocus on my purpose. What, what's my purpose in life? What is it that I am supposed to do with my life? Again, you have a purpose because God created you in his image and God has a purpose. The second thing you've got to do is find in the latter part of that verse. He says, create in me a clean heart or a pure heart. And he says, and renew a, what's that word? Steadfast spirit within me. Steadfast. Now that word, that word steadfast kind of kind of conjures up some images of you know of what the scripture says when you've done all to stand. What does it say? Stand. That's that steadfast thing. See, the second thing I've got to do is I've got to refocus my resolve. All right? That's what steadfast means, is that I have resolved to do something. Let me ask this question. How many of you have ever made a New Year's resolution? Come on, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for every hand to go up. Come on. Come on. You know you have. You know, now, you may not have said you were making a resolution, but you said in your mind, next year. In fact, some of you have already started. We, we, we're just, you know, halfway through the year. Somebody's saying, next year, I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to work out more. I'm going to lose some weight. That dress I've had in my closet that's four sizes too little, I'm going to wear that again. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm in trouble already. Here's the sad truth is, is that, they tell us that the majority of people within 30 days, whatever those resolutions were, they laid them aside. Why? Because they weren't steadfast. The Bible talks about being steadfast and unmovable. See, you, you've got to come to that place where, where you have resolved. The, the Apostle Paul uh, talks about this one thing I do. He, he, he said, I've made up my mind. Neither height nor depth, nor, nor anything present, nor anything to come, nor any creature. There's nothing going to be able to separate me from my God. See, that's, that's what resolve means, is that I, I am resolve. I'm going to make my life count. See, I, I, I believe, I believe every one of us, those watching, those here, I believe all of us have been given something in life. Now, you know what, what happens to us a lot of times? Is, is that maybe we go through a transition. How, how many of you have found out, uh, you, you know, again, Sharon and I have been married a long time, and uh, what, what I found is, is that being married for 35 years is that, that life goes through transitions. You know, there, there's, a, there's a time it's just the two of you, and, and uh, you know, that's wonderful, and then, then you know, kids come along. And that's, that's wonderful. And, and then they grow up, and then they leave home, and that's real wonderful. <laughs> then they come back, and they bring more. But anyway, uh, uh, you, you know, you, you, go through, you go through all those things. And, and what I found is, is that in, in those moments, remember I told you we all lose focus, in those moments of transition, however it is, is that you have to resolve to stay married. You have to resolve to stay in love. Well, I told you I love you, and if I ever change my mind, I'll tell you. <laughs> you big dummy. Come on, you you got you to have that, that steadfast. Get up, you know, I love you. You know, I don't feel like I love her. Well, tell her anyway. Because she picked up your dirty socks last night and cooked, you know, whatever. You, you, you just got, it, it's, that, it's that resolve that, that we have to have in our lives. And, and what happens to us is, is that, that we lose that. We, we get so focused on the routine and on the day that we lose the resolve 
to do what we know we ought to be doing. And so all of a sudden, uh, I mentioned this recently, uh, the, the urgent things begin to press out the important things. And instead of us doing those important things, uh, we, 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 we're running, 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 and we miss out on what we need to be doing. So the, 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 the writer here, uh, David talks about, he said, Lord, give me a steadfast spirit. Let me be willing to resolve to do what I'm supposed to do. And then he goes on, look at verse 11. He says, don't cast me away from your presence or take your Holy Spirit away from me. Now, when, when we read about the Holy Spirit, whether it's in the Old Testament or the New Testament, what we find is, is that the Holy Spirit represents power. All right? Jesus said it this way to the disciples. He said, you shall receive what? Power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And, and so when, when you begin to look at that, what, what you need to refocus, this third aspect here, is that you need refocused power in your life. Now, in the spiritual walk with God, you need the power of God in you to live the way God wants you to. Let, let me tell you something. You cannot live for God the way you need to live for God without His power. You can't do it. It's, it's not going to happen. You can make all the resolutions you can say, I'm going to do. But if you don't have the power of God in you, it's not going to take place. But watch this. In every dimension of my life, I need the power of God. See, here's what Christians miss a lot of times. We miss out on the understanding that the power of God is not just for us when we go to church. It's not just for a worship service or a time where the corporate body gathers together. It is about day in and day out. I believe that I can have the power of God in my business. I believe I can have the power of God in my college classes or in my school class. I can believe I can have the power of God in my family, and don't we need that in our families? I, I mean, I believe that in every area of my life, I can have the power of God. But I've got to come to that place where it's refocused. Lord, I want your power today. I, I want the power of God to guide my family. I want the power of God tomorrow when you get up and go to work. I want the power of God to be with me today. I want your power to direct me. I want you to lead me into everything that you want to lead me to in my life. And as we do that, David did this. And what you begin to find is, is that David's life begins to come back into order. And yeah, he has some severe challenges because of the consequences. But you find David from this point on throughout his life, he stays, uh, he has to refocus at times, but he continues to move forward and see the hand of God upon him. I believe with all of my heart, I really do believe this, that there is nobody on this earth that doesn't have a purpose. What we have to do especially as Christians. I'll talk to believers for a moment. If you are a believer today, I, I just think with all of my heart that the moment you got saved, you stepped into your destiny. Now think about that. People say, I'm looking for my destiny. No, you got saved. You stepped into your destiny. Now what I've got to do is I've got to live out my destiny. I've got to live out the purpose that God has for my life, and I, I've got to begin to do that day in and day out, saying, Lord, here's what you've called me to do. Here's what I'm supposed to do. I ask you, God, lead me, guide me, direct me. Let your Holy Spirit be upon my life, and in everything that I do, let me be led by your power. Amen? Now, let, let's, get, let's, let's kind of bring it practical. Can we do that? Let me give you four things in your life that this will work for your marriage, this will work for your business. This will work 
uh, for any pursuit in your life, and it will work in your spiritual dynamics as well. Number one is this. Here, here are the steps if, if you want to get refocused. Again, remember, everybody loses focus. Everybody, hear, hear me carefully, everybody is ADD a little. Now, some of us take it up a notch, but everybody's got a little bit of attention deficit disorder. And so we all find ourselves in those moments and those times going, well, have you ever walked to tell somebody something? Those of you who are my age have. And by the time you got there, you forgot what it was. I went across the hall the other day to tell one of the secretaries something, and I got to her office, and I had this blank look on my face. She said, Pastor, what do you need? I said, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I said, I came to tell you something, but I don't remember what it was. She said, go back to your office, you'll remember. <laughs> Literally, I walked back to my office. I went, oh, this is what I went over. <laughs> if you're not there, you'll get there. Just, all right? And, and so, so there, there has to be some, some aspects. There has to be some steps to live out. Let me give them to you. Number one is this. Write down your purpose. Let me say that again. Write it down. Write down your purpose. If I were to come to you today or somebody else were to come to you today and say, what is your purpose in life? Do you have an answer? It's it quiet. What? <sighs> come on, you, got, you have a purpose. What is that purpose? See, we don't, we don't ask ourselves that question. That, now, I will tell you, that's going to take you a minute or two. That's, that's not just something you go, oh, this is my, no, you, you're going to have to sit down and think. Some of you are like me. You can go back to childhood and know what your purpose was. I, I can remember at like five or six years of age that I knew what I was supposed to do with my life. Now, if you were to have asked me as a five-year-old kid, what are you going to do with your life? I wouldn't have said I'm going to be a pastor. In fact, even as I got older, you know, I, I knew it at about five. I fought it for the next 20 because I, I, I didn't want to be a pastor. I wanted to be a, a millionaire. What's wrong with you? Uh, I said, come on, God, if you'll bless me, let me be a good business guy, I'll pay double ties, you know, whatever. Just, but, but I knew as a child, I knew that there was this thing inside of me all those years that, that said, um, this is what you're supposed to do. Some of you some of you need to take some reflective moments. Hear pastor carefully. Some of you need to take some reflective moments, turn off everything. You, you can't define your purpose in the middle of noise. Get alone by yourself and begin to reflect back even to when you were a child in the dreams that you had. Some of you will be surprised at some things that will begin to bubble to the surface and you'll go, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. There's a guy in Nashville who uh, he advertises on Dave Ramsey, someone that I know, and, uh, and, and what he does is he deals with people helping them to find their dream job. And a few years ago, I was talking to him, and I said, I said tell me, Dan, what's happening in the business world right now? He said, Eddie, he said, you would be surprised. He said, the majority of my business right now are men and women who are in their 40s and their 50s. I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, I'm talking about people who have been very successful. They've made a lot of money. He said, they've, they've gone career paths. And he said, but they're coming to me now, and, and they don't feel like they have purpose. And he said, so what I'm doing is, he said, I'm spending time with them. And he said, he said that their deal is, look, I've made the money. Now I want to do something significant with my life. 
And he said, I'm spending time re-engineering their life and getting them to their purpose in life. Now, here's, here's what I want to challenge. I want to challenge teenagers and college students, younger people in their 20s. Don't wait until you're in your 40s and 50s to find your purpose. Find it now. Spend your life living your purpose, doing what it is that God has called you to do. And, and when you do that, you, you're going to find yourself. Listen, it, it doesn't mean there's not going to be frustration. It doesn't mean there's not going to be times of difficulty. But I promise you, if you find out what your purpose is in life, you're going to enjoy life a whole lot more. The second thing is this, set a timetable. Just write it down and I'll explain it. Set a timetable. What do I mean by that? Well, there's a difference in a dreamer and a visionary. All you have to do to be a dreamer is to eat spicy food. And you'll become a dreamer. Man, can you believe a dream I had last night? What'd you eat? Well, I went, yeah, okay. See, see dream, dreamers spend great fantasy. Visionaries, here's the difference in a vision and a dream. A vision has a date on it. A vision says we're going to start today. We're going to start a week from now. We're going to get this thing in order. People come to me a lot of times and they say, Pastor, I, I want to do something, but it, maybe, it's, maybe it's in your career. I, I, want to, I want to change careers or I want to enhance my career, but to do that, uh, you know, I'm going to have to go back to college and it's going to take, uh, you know, three years. And, and, and I said, well, how old are you? And they go, well, I'm, I'm 30. I go, okay, uh, if you do this three years from now, how old are you going to be? 33. Okay, if you don't do this in three years, how old are you going to be? See, I got deep theology. You're going to be 33 anyway. So why not say, you know what, I, I really want to make a difference. I really want to change the world. I really want to do something, whether it's in my family or, or my business or my walk with God. And, but here's what I've got to do. And so I set a time. This is what I, I'm, I'm, I'm starting a week from now. I'm starting a month from now. I'm going to start in the fall, whatever. And you delay it out and you begin the process of getting there, whatever it is. Listen, great marriages, great families, great businesses, great Christians have some things in their life that they have set as milestones and they follow them and they live with them the third thing is this gather the resources now i'll give you a couple of resources but but just write this down gather the resources you need the greatest resource you need is wisdom here's what the bible says about wisdom the bible says that wisdom is the principal thing See, you, you don't have a financial problem. You've got a wisdom problem. You don't have a marriage problem. You've got a wisdom problem. You don't have a spiritual problem. You have a wisdom problem. Because if you get wisdom, the wisdom will show you what you need to do. Wow, it's quiet. Pastor, I, I just want somebody to pray over me and blow on me and let me fall out. And just everything be wonderful. That's not how the kingdom operates. You know, that's, that's, that's like looking at a, at a great athlete who, who never works out, who never shows up for practice. They, they just, well, I'm, I'm, no, no, no. Listen, even, even if they do that and they reach some level of success, I promise you, if they would do the stuff, they'd reach higher. 
It's, it's the same in our life. You, you've got to gather some resources. And, and what you need above everything else, you need wisdom. And, the, and uh, the book of Proverbs, I believe it is, says, and with, with your wisdom, get understanding. Now, you say, well, how do I get wisdom? Well, you get wisdom by the right books, listening to the right things, but you also get wisdom by asking God. The book of James says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who giveth generously. And King James Version says, without upbraiding. That means without getting on your case. It is a constant prayer in my life. It is something that I pray. I try to pray it daily, and if I don't pray it every day, it's just because I forgot. And that is, Lord, I need wisdom. God, I've I got to have your wisdom. I've got I to have wisdom that's from above, not earthly wisdom. And if you get that, then, then all these other things. So, so you gather wisdom. The other thing that you need to gather uh, resources is gather, listen there carefully, gather the right people. If the people that you hang out with are negative, they talk about everything, they put everything down, you need to quit hanging out with buzzards. How do you think you're going to soar with eagles when you hang out with buzzards? See, you, you see, buzzards feed on dead things. People who are negative all the time, all they're doing is feeding on dead stuff. Wow. Some of us need some new friends. Some of us need some people who will encourage us, who will build us up. Some people who, we need some people in our lives who say, I believe you can do that. I'm, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to help you. That's the kind of people that we need in our lives. So I've got to gather the resources. Then last, I get to see the results. I need to step back sometimes and say, look what my life has done. Look what's happened. Look at the benefits. Look at the things that have taken place. Look at the people's lives that have been touched. Look at my family. Look at how God's done, and, and as you do that, as you step back. Now, sometimes when you step back and see the results, you go, oh, my. And that's a moment to refocus, right? But there's other moments you say, the one thing that I'm not real good at that I have to work on constantly, and the staff knows this, is that I, I'm not a good celebrator because I'm, I'm task-oriented, so I'm, I'm always looking at the next the next thing. I get this done, and now I'm ready for the next thing. But I'm learning. I'm trying to do better. I think I'm doing a little bit better. Is that you have to celebrate the victories. You have to celebrate. But when, when you see the results, you go, man, you know, I was going to do that. I got it done. I went three years. I got that degree. I, I finished those night classes. I, you know, my marriage is better than it was uh, a couple of years ago. My family's doing better. We're, we're, we're living in a better place. Whatever it is, my spiritual walk with God is better. When you do that, then you can celebrate and say, look what God has done. Look how God has blessed. Look at, look at the benefits that have come into my life. That's, that's the exciting part about refocusing our life and bring it into that place where God wants us to. See, your vision for your life produces your destiny. And I challenge you, have a great vision. Dream big, but put a date on it and say, you know what? I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to be a person who when I lay down and my last breath is breathed, I'm going to have contributed to my world and there's going to be a difference because I was alive. Amen.